You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I'm Val Harrison, mom to seven. Five of them are grown and two are still at home. I'm also a mother-in-law and a grandma too. God has given me a passion for encouraging and equipping moms in this worthy journey of motherhood. For the past 20 years at parenting events and moms groups, I've been privileged to meet many mamas who are doing their best to be intentional in loving their kids, preparing them for life, and loving the Lord too. It's my honor to bring you tools for the journey every week. You can find lots more resources on my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com. That's also where you can subscribe to receive my weekly email of a blog post and podcast, all sharing the same theme for that week. Intentional Moms, let's get started with building stronger families right now. I hope you've been enjoying our series on being a blessing. If you have not listened to the earlier topics on being a blessing, I would really encourage you to start there first. So we've talked about volunteering in the first one, which was episode 101. In episode 102, we talked about being a blessing through hospitality. And then in episodes 103 and 104, we talked about being a blessing among siblings and working on those sibling relationships. I would so encourage you to go back and listen to those first or again, because habits at home determine so much in what kind of health of relationships outside of the home are going to be. So we start there first. Okay, I'd like to start out this episode on friendship to look at the different levels and layers of interaction that our kids will have with the people in their lives today and in the future. So you could even write down this little diagram if you happen to be sitting down with a little cup of tea and enjoying a little bit of time with me. That's awesome. You can grab a pen and do that. Maybe you're listening while you're driving or while you're walking and and that's not an option. So you might have to come back and, and listen a second time for this part. But let's just make a diagram, okay? Think of circles inside of circles inside of circles. And so your biggest outside circle is the world. So our kids are part of the collective of all the people of the world. And so helping our kids identify what is their role in being part of the world community. Who should we be? And how should we be a blessing to the world community in general? And then the next circle in is those we meet. So this circle can be people we just interact with for a moment while driving or while waiting in line at the grocery store or while sitting beside them at a concert or at church. Maybe it's a setting where we're not even going to ever see that person again. How should we be a blessing to that group of people? And then the next circle in would be the people we routinely or regularly see. And how should we treat those people? As you can imagine, and I'll continue these circles, you know, going in and in and in to smaller circles of the people in our lives. But as you can imagine, that one of the most effective things you can do is teach manners at each of these different circle layers. And when you are teaching them manners regarding those layers of people, you always want to put it in the context of being a blessing. Two things, really. Being a blessing and 
God uniquely designed you, my child, and gave you special abilities and special thoughts that the world needs. And the only way that they're going to get the message of you is if you are daily living out God's will for your life and, and being bold, but gentle and being kind, but brave, being honest and truthful, but tender. So giving them a concept of two things. You are to be a blessing to the people that God brings into your life every day. And you want to be living out the unique you that the world needs. So I hope that you will think of putting all of this in that context as you are working with your kiddos. And so I literally have scheduled manner time as our kids were little, and it would include role playing. And there's lots of great manners books out there. In fact, I may have a blog post with some pictures of some different um, manners in them. So let's go to the next inside circle. So we've, we've said the world that they're a part of the world. And then there's the people that they meet. So, you know, the world community that we're a part of, there's many people we'll never meet, but we still have an obligation to be a blessing in this world, in that community. And then there's the people that we may just meet only one time. And what kind of a blessing are we going to be? Can you still be a blessing in a stranger's life that you're never going to see again? Absolutely. And it can be exciting and fun. God's system is like that. He says that if we want to receive from others, we need to give. Now, the cool thing is that God's system is that when we give, we're going to receive tenfold or, or just till it's it's running over with the blessings that we're going to receive from what we give. So that's the system he's created. And that is the concept of being a blessing, living a lifestyle of being a blessing. Okay, the next level in was the people we routinely see. And then the next level in from that, this is what I put for that one is those we don't choose. And, but they are, they're just automatically a part of our life. We didn't choose for them to be necessarily. And, and so what I mean by that is extended family. So say they go to church, they go to school or to a co-op. Those people are people that they routinely see, but it still is going to be temporary. You know, most of us don't stay in the same church their whole entire lives. So this next level of circle that's smaller is that group that of people that we don't choose, but they're in our lives permanently, like our family, okay? Our extended family. So that means our uncles and our aunts and our great grandparents and our cousins and our second cousins. And how, what obligation of love and blessing do we have to them? For example, we had a birthday party this weekend for our five-year-old grandson, and there was extended family there and even extended family on the other side. So my son-in-law's family, and we are to be a blessing in their lives. God has put us together and it is part of our role to be a blessing in their lives. So are we going to pray for them? Are we going to make the most of the opportunities of time we get to spend with them? 
You know, what can we pour into their lives when we see them only once a year or twice a year or every other year or whatever the case may be? That extended family relationships, we want our kids to develop a mindset of being a blessing to them. So then our next level in these next levels are the people we do choose to be a part of our life regularly. And I'm going to call this next level the small group. So that's going to be like your group of maybe 12 people. Um, like Jesus had his disciples. He had his 12 chosen friends. They're closer friends. So I, this is kind of key to me in this process as well. I talk about with my kids that you're a blessing to everyone, but you have to have some guard up and how much guard you have up depends on what level of circle they are. Okay. So until they have proven in their character and their love and kindness to us that they are safe, then we have to have up some bigger guards or thicker skin around people. A way that I have described it when I teach interpersonal communication classes to students, I'll give them this visual that there's a, you know, the strainer, like you pour pasta into a strainer and we strain out the water and we just keep the pasta, right? Well, I give them a visual of that they have a strainer on their head and that the information that's coming in through these outer circles of people, we have to not let everything in. We can't take everything they say as truth. We can't be offended by something that someone who doesn't even know us very well may say about us. We, we've got to keep some barrier of protection there, but at the same time, we need to have a tender heart towards them. So we are compassionate and we are prayerful and we are joyful around them. When, when we lack an attitude of joy around someone, it is missing an opportunity to bless them. And I'm not talking about artificial joy, but I am talking about that we can affect our own attitudes by our perspective and the way that we think about this person that I'm interacting with, whether it's for one second or one day or every day for a little bit or whatever, I can focus on the fact that I want to be a blessing in their life. And joyful is more of a blessing to them. And the cool thing is, it's more of a blessing to me too. When I choose to be joyful, I really increase the value of my day and I, you know, (laughs) have a more enjoyable day. Okay. We are working our way into our closer circles. So we're in the small group circle of about 12. And then the next one in from that is our inner circle. And these are the people in our lives that they have really proven themselves. They don't just say what I want to hear. They're willing to tell me the hard things because they love me. And they have also proven themselves by they do the right thing no matter who's watching. And so I'm a better person from having been around them. So that's my inner circle people, you know, that they truly are sharpening me and making me a better person. And I am also trying to do that with their lives as well. They have earned the right to be my inner circle. But it could be 
that if they start acting differently and I am that good friend that is honest with them and maybe even prayerfully confront them about something difficult that's been going on. And if they choose to continue to disregard me or disregard themselves or time after time, their behavior no longer warrants that inner circle, I have to be willing to move them, you know, in my mind and heart and in my protection outside of that inner circle then. So what I'm talking to you about, moms, is a mindset, helping our kids, giving them the glasses to wear while they live out their day-to-day life, okay? So then you also have your immediate family, and they're closer than that inner circle, and then it's your kids and the parents, and then it's your kids and Jesus. So those are the circles of their lives. And I will say that as your kids get older, the circles will slightly adjust. You want to kind of watch in the younger years, they're going to try to put their inner circle possibly closer than their family. And you want to guard against that. And you want to talk about that. God has made us partners with our kids and that in those upper teen years, we are still their partner in their life stuff. And so we need to be at a a closer spot than their inner circle group. But for a time, they may really pull kind of strong away from that close relationship with you. If that's the case with you, I would encourage you, my book called Gaining Momentum, Preparing Your Student for a Career with or Without College, the last third of that book is all about the parent-child relationship at that unique age. I actually break it up into two parts with the teens and then with the young adults and how you can navigate that stage of life. But anyway, we're not really talking about that today. But I wanted to give you this concept of the different circles, because I want you to teach that to your kids. They need to have a concept of, you know, having their guard up and people earn that privilege. It is such a privilege to let a friend be an inner circle friend. And what you're partly doing, while yes, you want to teach your kids to be a blessing to everyone and to go the second mile for people, at the same time, you got to be teaching your kids their own value. They are valuable too. And no one in their life is going to advocate for them as well as they can advocate for themselves. We can't just advocate for our children. We have to equip them to advocate for themselves, to speak up, to have boundaries and tell a friend, you crossed a boundary in my life and I love you and I will treat you right. But you need to treat me right too, or I have to start putting up guards and barriers and taking a step back from this friendship because I must be treated appropriately. We've got to teach our kids to advocate for themselves. Okay, I want to finish up with a few examples. One is how do you make friends? You know, how do you start that process? Your kids are in a group, in a class of some sort, and they want to make friends in there, but they just don't know what to do. Well, I want to give you an example of a friend of Emma's named Aubrey, and she was so sweet. When Emma was new to a co-op, Aubrey, after a few weeks, she wrote Emma a note, and, and Aubrey and her mom gave me permission to read this to you. 
This is what Aubrey said. I'm so glad that you got Wendy in the play. Okay, so Emma had Wendy and Peter Pan. She had gotten that role. So it will be so much fun. You're such a good friend. So that's what Aubrey gave a little note to Emma. And then Emma wrote a note back to Aubrey. Every time I see you, you are happy. And I love that about you. You're so kind and caring to everyone. You truly are so sweet. And so this is the thing. Before Aubrey gave Emma the note, they were just acquaintances. But then Aubrey stepped out of her comfort zone. She did something vulnerable and scary, and she extended a hand of friendship first. And so we want to talk to our kids about doing that as well. It's hard to do, but it's really a necessary step in building those relationships. I talked to you about that you want to teach your kid how to be a good friend how to develop quality friendships, and then how to maintain quality friendships. So this is an example of how to develop one, you know, how to take a relationship from acquaintance to friendship. So really, it's those little steps that are vulnerable to step out of your comfort zone and invite someone over to play or, you know, especially moms uh, in this day and age, I would really encourage you make some play dates that is mom and child, not just inviting the child over. For one reason is that the kids will often go off and play in that scenario. And you want to experience and see that friendship happening in the early stages, you want to be able to observe a lot so that one, you know, you know, what your, your child is being exposed to. And also so that you can coach your child before and after more effectively because you know how that other child is. So this is definitely friendship is something that requires lots of coaching, but is so worth it. Because just as I told you last week in the being a blessing among siblings, just as that, as the sibling relationships is an awesome place to practice the future relationships in their lives. So these young friendships are also another practice ground. But you want to make sure your kiddos, these little plants, have strong enough roots in who they are and what kind of person they're going to be and what their beliefs are strong enough that they don't let those other kiddos influence them in negative directions without you being there coaching. And so we gradually let our kids expand into times without us and playing without us as they show responsibility, both in how they are being a blessing to someone else and how well they are filtering what they're receiving from the kiddos in those different circumstances. Okay, I want to tell you about a book really quickly that is a wonderful resource. So Apologia is the name of a publishing company. And all of their stuff is pretty cool. But I just want to specifically talk about this series they have. It's a biblical worldview of God and truth. And one of them is called Who is God? 
and another one in it is called Who Am I? And then another one is called Who Is My Neighbor? And so the Who Is My Neighbor one can be helpful for your child to learn some ways to start thinking in a context beyond themselves, you know, less selfishly. And there, it's a really awesome book. It is hardcover with great pictures and tons of content, but it is kind of expensive. I will say this, if you feel like you're not going to have time to do the book, your kiddo doesn't have time, they're not a good reader, uh, you won't have time to interact with it together as much as you'd like to, get it in audio form instead. So I get the audio and the book so that my child can either read along with it or can look up the pictures that they've been listening to, but I definitely get it in audio form because then they can listen to it several times and really let the info sink into them. Okay, I have one more little scenario and we'll talk about it and then that'll be the end. If you want your kids to have quality friendships, we need to make sure each layer and step of who they are and who they are becoming is at a healthy place to be able to do the more advanced things of building friendships. That doesn't mean that it has to take a long time. You know, it may mean that you need to work on some things for a month before you really focus on that. And for sure, don't stress out about the fact that your kids don't have a lot of friends because maybe there's some work that needs to happen first. So let's just be excited that God has shown us, hey, there's some work to do, because then we know where to start. We know what to work on, and that can be exciting. It doesn't have to be discouraging. So how are they doing in the four main areas of life, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and mentally? And we really want to help our kids have a vision for this as well, that to be a good friend with healthy friendships, we need to be a healthy person. We're not looking for other relationships to make us healthy. That would be, you know, codependence is excessive emotional or psychological needs that we're trying to have met through someone else. You know, I I see this a lot where someone is so needy and desperate for that relationship that they do just keep doing excessive things because they want that relationship so badly. And I would encourage someone who's in that situation to take a step back first and identify the deficiencies that are going on in their life, spiritually or emotionally or physically or mentally or all of the above, and work on some of those holes between them and God and maybe some professionals as needed before they jump into some other relationship. So this applies obviously to, let's say I'm a single mom and I have some deficiencies in those areas, which all of, you know, all of us have some. But at the same time, we really do need to reach a level of wholeness before we're ready for those big relationships. And and so we can dial that concept back down to our kids and kid friendships. And we can say that if there is a real struggle there with creating and establishing and maintaining friendships, that we might need to take a step back 
from seeing that pressure of friendships and first looking at those different areas of how are they doing spiritually? Who do they believe God is and who do they believe they are because God created them? And how are they doing emotionally? Are there some wounds, some scars there that need to be worked on and healed so that they are at a place where they have some emotional to give to others and to other relationships? Obviously, when we go into a relationship, we shouldn't be going into it selfishly. In fact, this series is being a blessing. It's the habits and lifestyle of being a blessing to other people. So in this case, friendships, if we are completely depleted in any or all or some of these four areas of life, spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, then we just don't have anything to give to friendships. And I'm sure as a mom, you totally understand that because sometimes that's where we are, right? And I totally get that. The unique thing about friendships is if you've got a healthy friendship, then one of you from time to time is going to be depleted in an area. And that other friend can identify that, help to identify that, and be feeling and pouring in and lifting up that person who is depleted right then. And so to have a friendship like that, it means that you have to have spent some time pouring into that friend and bonding that relationship before it's at a place where that friend would do something like that for you most of the time. So therefore, we really need to start out by looking inward or in this case, looking at our kiddos and their overall general wholeness or health and identifying what are some things that need to be worked on there. So anyway, those are some preliminary steps in the process of helping our kids become a good friend, helping our kids develop good friendships and helping our kids maintain strong friendships. Hey mamas, if this podcast is a blessing to you, another thing that I would love for you to do besides the things that I normally tell you, like sharing it with a friend and stuff, if you would get on the Intentional Mom Strong Family Facebook group each week and like or comment my post where I share that podcast episode, we have just under a thousand mamas in our group. And if they can see that post, then they're reminded, hey, there is a podcast covering this topic. And so please like and comment if this podcast episode is helpful to you and and any of the other episodes that are helpful to you. If you would like and comment on them, then it'll get seen by all the mamas in the group. And maybe just maybe they have been praying for some answers that maybe can come through that episode to them. So if you could help out other mamas in that way, that would be so awesome to click like and comment. Okay. Love you and see you next week.